Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a portion in this life as we pick up in Psalm chapter 17, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. When I looked around and I saw the prosperity of the wicked, I saw these wicked men, and man, they, they, they had everything they wanted, everything their hearts desired. People would pour out a full cup to them. They, they didn't lack for a thing. And when I saw how prosperous the wicked were, then I said, hey, man, it doesn't, it doesn't pay to try to live the right kind of a life. You know, better that you're wicked. You seem to have it better off. Here I am trying to live the right kind of a life, and I'm in trouble all the time. It seems like I'm always broke, and I'm always going through such hardships, and and it really doesn't pay to serve the Lord. And he said, when I sought to understand these things, it almost wiped me out. My foot almost slipped until I went into the house of the Lord. And then I saw their end. Surely you have set them in slippery places. In a moment they go down into the pit and all. But he saw now the end. Now, so he talks here of the men of the world who have their portion in this life only. You see, God is interested in your eternal welfare. Don't forget that. God is always dealing with you in the light of eternity. I am always interested in the light of today. I'm looking for my ease today. I'm looking for comfort today. I'm looking for deliverance today. I want it now so I can enjoy it for the next few minutes. But God is looking at me with eternity in view. And he wants me to have the eternal blessings of his glory and of his kingdom. And it may take depriving me of some of those things that I think I want right now in order that I might have a richer eternity with him. When Jesus spoke very harshly, saying, if your eye offend thee, pluck it out, and, and, and we cringe at such a horrible thing, which he wanted you to do. He's, he's just using an a, a illustration that just caused you to cringe. Oh, no, pluck out my eye. And he's trying to get that kind of a revulsion in you because he is seeking to point out how important eternity is. Now, I think my eyes are extremely important but they are not as important as my eternity with him. And that's, that's the illustration he's trying to make. Just that your eternal welfare with him is the most important thing in this life. And the men of the world, they have their portion in this life only. But I'm a stranger and a pilgrim here. My portion is coming in the life to come. My portion is there with him in his kingdom. 15th verse is one of my favorites in the whole Psalms or in the Bible as far as that goes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake 
with thy likeness. I'm going to behold your face, Lord, in righteousness. This reminds me of what Paul said in Corinthians, where he said, And we, with open face beholding the glory of the Lord, are changed from glory to glory into the same image by his Spirit in us. I'll be satisfied. I'll behold your face in righteousness, and I'll be satisfied the day I awake in your likeness. Oh, how I long for that day. When I open my eyes and I look in the mirror and there I am in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Now I see through the glass darkly, but then face to face. His work complete in me, conformed into the image of God's dear Son. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we're going to be, but we know that when he appears... We're going to be like him. Now, people are all wondering, well, what kind of a body? I'm not at all worried. I'm satisfied he's going to be like him, or I'm going to see him as he is. People are all, always worried, what kind of a body am I going to have when the Lord comes? You know, what will I look like? And I don't know if I want to change or not. Maybe I'd like to have this one, you know, just renew it or something, you know. <laughs> no way, friend. I can hardly wait for the new model to come out. <laughs> like him, I'll be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Comes from beholding his face in righteousness. As we behold the glory of the Lord, we are being changed from glory to glory. The 18th Psalm has a long title to it. It is to the chief musician. It is a Psalm of David, the servant of Jehovah, who spake unto Jehovah the words of this song in the day that Jehovah delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. So that is all an introduction to the psalm, which is written in the Hebrew, just the introduction to the psalm. Um, this evidently is the time when he was pursued and he escaped the hand of Saul and went down to Achish because he speaks about dwelling in the latter part among the heathen and all. And no doubt it was as he had fled that Saul would not pursue him anymore. And so now safe from the pursuit of Saul, having been delivered by the hand of God from Saul. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He had been actually running uh, in that rocky wilderness area around the Dead Sea and Gedi and those rocky cliffs, hiding in those caves and uh, using the rocks as a place of defense and as a fortress. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God. My strength in whom I will trust. He's my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. All of these are defensive weapons of war. God is all of it. He is my defender. He keeps me. He's my high tower. He's my buckler. He's my strength. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. For the sorrows of death encircled me. 
the floods of ungodly men, all of the troops of Saul. He came out with several thousand men pursuing David. And David looked over there and saw all his guys and he knew they were after my hide. And they had encircled David. He was trapped. And the sorrows of death encircled me. The sorrows of hell encircled me about. The snares of death prevented me. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even unto his ears. Now out of his temple. The temple was not yet built in Jerusalem, but he's talking about God's temple in heaven. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also, the hills moved and were shaken because of his anger. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured and coals were kindled by it. And he bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub, one of those angelic beings, and did fly and he did fly upon the wings of the wind. And all of this is very beautiful, poetic, and picturesque speech. Of course, this was a song written in Hebrew type of poetry and uh, very descriptive and very beautiful indeed. In verse 16, he said, He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. Verse 25, with the merciful you will show yourself merciful. With the upright man, you will show yourself upright. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. With the forward, uh, you will show yourself forward. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down the high looks. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all of those that trust in him. For who is God save Jehovah? And who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with, my str or with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand hath held me up and thy gentleness hath made me great. Interesting phrase. Thy gentleness hath made me great. And he goes on and tells how the Lord had subdued his enemies that were rising up against him. And then he, in verse 43, thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the heathen. He, he was actually uh, went down to Ziglag in the area of the Philistines. And he was the head of the city of Ziglag. And a people whom I have not known shall serve me. Now this, of course, David was speaking of himself, but it became prophetic of Jesus and the gospel going unto the Gentiles. The Lord liveth, blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted.
Chapter 19 is one of the beautiful favorite psalms where David does speak about how God reveals himself to man in nature. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God is speaking to you every day, every night through the world that the universe that he has created. The heavens are declaring you the glory, the awesomeness, the magnitude of God as the earth is showing to you his infinite wisdom, the life forms around the earth. Now, this last week, I had a very interesting experience. We have a fellow in our church who is a, uh, he is the president of a polygraph firm. So he has been doing some experiments with his polygraph machines by hooking the uh, connections up to a plant leaf and then watching the responses on the polygraph as the, the electrodes are hooked up to a plant. And he had been doing these experiments and he wanted me to come over and observe uh, some of the things that he had discovered. And I found them very interesting. As we are thinking about the earth showing his handiwork and day into day they're uttering speech. And uh, the question is just how much understanding or knowledge is there in a plant? And so as he hooked up the electrodes to the plant and the needle started just moving up and down uh, as it was measuring the responses uh, within the leaf, he said, now move the needle upwards, move in an upward position on the graph. And as he commanded it to do so, the needle started moving upward. And he said, now show us a downward movement. And the needle moved down on the graph. And then he said, now show us some violent motion. And the needle began to swing all the way across. Then he said to me, now you choose a number in your mind. And so he said, is the number one? And of course, I didn't answer. But he was just measuring the graph. Is the number two? Is the number three? And the needle was just going up and down. And when he got to my number seven, the needle goes way up. And then came back down, down again and leveled off an 8, 9, and 10. And I looked at the thing and I can't believe it. <laughs> what kind of communication? You know. Now, I'm certain that there are many things of God's creation that we don't understand. That there are vast facets within nature that we've only begun to scratch the surface. That God is coded in, in many things wisdom that is phenomenal. Things that are just amazing. And I, and I think that there is much to be learned and much to be discovered. God says that day unto day they are uttering their speech. That it's a universal language. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. You say, well, what do you make of that? I don't know what to make of it. It was weird. 
But it was interesting. And it just sort of opens up your mind to the fact that God's creation is far vaster than we ever dreamed. What kind of intelligence just is in a cell itself? There was a gal who pinched the leaf, one of, one of the leaves on the plant, not the one that the electrode was attached to, and the needle began to move violently. She went out of the room to get something, and the needle settled down. When she came back in the room, the needle started moving violently again. The way this was all discovered is a fellow had attached the electrodes to a plant, and he was just watching the movement of the needle, sort of fascinated with it, and he decided to water the plant, and as he picked up the water to, plant, to water the plant, the needle started going crazy. So instead of watering it, he, he stopped, and he, and he put the water back down, and, and the needle settled back down again. And so he picked up the water as though he was going to water it, deciding he wasn't going to do it, but just see what the needle do. And this time it didn't do anything. And he made several gestures like he was going to water it, but not intending to do it, and the needle did nothing. <laughs> and this guy started getting bugged, you know. And so he finally said, okay, I really will, will water it this time. I'll go ahead and really water it. And the needle started jumping again, and he watered the thing. Now, I don't know the explanations of it. I have no explanation for it. But it's interesting. All nature, we sing, all nature sings, and round me rings the music of the spheres. Who knows? The wisdom of God who has created life forms, the infinite variety of life forms. What kind of understanding has he put into some of these life forms? I don't know. It's fascinating. The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth the firmament shows his handiwork, and day into day they utter their speech. They're talking to us. Night into night their voice goeth forth. There's not a speech nor a language where their voice is not heard. God speaks to man universally through nature. But though nature speaks to you of the existence of God, the testimony or the witness of nature then falls short because it cannot tell you of the love of God and the redemptive plan of God for your life. For that we needed the special revelation and God has thus given us the special revelation that we might know his love and his plan for our lives. But the fact that God exists, we all know just by the fact of, of life around us and life forms around us. Now, David in this psalm, of course, speaks of the law of the Lord and the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. All of these are a part of God's revelation to us in his word. The law of the Lord, perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, Sure, making wise the simple. 
The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord. God has revealed himself in nature, but he's revealed himself more specifically in his word. And thus his law, his testimony, his statutes, his commandments, his judgments. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Oh, how sweet the word of God becomes to us as we get into it and as we begin to draw from its sweetness. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. And so he closes the psalm with a prayer. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not rule over me. Then shall I be upright. I shall be innocent from the great transgression. O oh God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 17 through 19 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you in His love and grace. May the Lord watch over you, and may you be filled with His Spirit and walk in the strength and in the power of the Spirit of God as He anoints you day by day. May you be enabled by Him, and may you enter into that fullness that He has for you, walking with the Lord, loving the Lord, listening to the Lord, sensitive to God and to the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do? What are the gifts of the Spirit? And how should I respond? 
It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit that will help you come into a deep and personal relationship with Him so that your life will be transformed. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.